Welcome to Sex Care Self Care, a conversation on women's sexual health brought to you by the Patty Brisbane Foundation for Women's Sexual Health. I'm your host, Patty Brisbane. With us today is Erin Harris, Vice President of Product Development at Pure Romance, and Dr. Kathleen Novicki, a member of the Patty Brisbane Foundation Medical Advisory Board. Hello to both of you. Uh, tell the listeners a little about, a bit about yourself, Erin. Let's start with you. So thanks again, Patty. I'm Erin Harris. I've been with Pure Romance for 20 years, and it's my goal to take uh, concepts that come from you, our customers, maybe some of our doctors, and bring them to life. Um, while staying on the cutting edge and providing uh, price points that meet the needs of all of our customers. And you do a great job. Thank you, Erin. Thank you. Dr. Novicki? I'm Kathleen Novicki. Glad to be here. Um, I'm um, a doctor of physical therapy and certified rehab, um, pelvic health rehab professional. And I'm the um, Director of Education and Program Development at Oxford Physical Therapy in Cincinnati. Thank you so much. Thank you for all that you do and all the advice you give to the Patty Brisbane Foundation. Dr. Novicki, as a pelvic floor physical therapist, I know that you use dilators um, in your practice. So what common condition are dilators typically recommended for? Well, pretty much the, the primary use is with dyspareunia. And dyspareunia is just a fancy name for painful vaginal intercourse. Um, and there are a number of different diagnoses that could involve dyspareunia. Um, you might have what's called vulvar vestibulitis or irritation in the opening of the vagina. Um, you might have vaginismus, which is an involuntary muscle spasm of the vaginal muscles. Um, you might have pain after um, vaginal delivery. Um, you may um, have had cancer treatment, especially like pelvic radiation. Um, or you may um, have um, issues post-menopause where your estrogen levels have come down or different medication uses. Um, but vaginal dilators can be useful for a number of different um, diagnoses. Um, I've also had um, women that you know, their partners are just big <laughs> and they don't fit <laughs> and dilators can help with that. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, should you be using a lubricant with dilators? Um, definitely you want to be using a lubricant. Um, um, and again, um, you know, lubricants come in various forms. Um, you can have water, silicone, or oil. Um, if you are using a silicone dilator, then you do not want to use a silicone um, lubricant. It can break down the silicone. Um, um, with the hard plastics, you could, um, but um, definitely you want to use a lubricant when you're using it. Um, depending on... Um, 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 you know, your particular issue. Um, water lubricants um, come in either glycerin or non-glycerin. Um, glycerin, um, some people can be sensitive to it, so you may opt for the, you know, non-glycerin. Um, they tend to not stay around very long, so if you're using the dilators for any length of time, you might have to reapply. Um, 
Whereas the natural oils, they'll stick around longer, but that's the issue with natural oils is that they do stick around longer. Um, so even if you're needing to use the dilators several times a week, you might have a buildup of that, that oil and that can be a health issue. Um, so it's important to you know, talk to your healthcare provider about what's best for you. Thank you for sharing that information. I think that that's important. Pay attention to your body, know what it, it, it irritates. So thank you. Uh, Aaron, once a patient is done using the dilator, how should those be cleaned and stored? Um, so, you know, care is extremely important. So keep in mind, especially for someone using a dilator, that they may be going through something that's causing their body to be extra sensitive. So you don't want to do anything to disrupt this, disrupt this more. So again, we do not want to use soap and water. It's drying to the toy or to the um, dilator just as it is to your skin that could create some additional bacteria to kind of hide out and then you're inserting that into your body. So you want to make sure that you're cleaning before and after every use. You spray your dilator with the cleanser, rinse it off with water and dry with a clean dry cloth. Um, and then I think it's really important to note that our dilator set is shipped in a box that also doubles for storage, ensuring that the dilators are kept separate and not touching when they're not in use. Um, most of our dilators, or actually all of our dilators are the same material. However, if you're mixing with anyone else's, you wanna make sure that materials are not touching for storage um, because they don't always play well with each other. Right. And you should be cleaning before and after every use, right? Yes. Before and after for sure. Every use. Um, okay. Now that we have the basics down, Dr. Novicki, would you walk us through how you would use a dilator set? <laughs> um, yes, definitely. Um, so, um, you know, first I want to talk to you a little bit about um, that the information I give is general in nature. Um, every person that comes through my door is unique. Um, and even they get a different um, prescription um, per se. Um, so I'm hoping that this information arms you with knowledge that it's not something that is that you should be afraid of and that there is help for you. Um, um, and that just seek out help with a pelvic health professional. Um, so to utilize dilators, um, I have a little set here so that you can see what it looks like. <laughs> um, and you can see that um, it goes from, you know, very small, you know, about the size of a pinky finger <laughs> right. to larger and then even continuing on to even larger. Um, so, um, you know, it, when choosing a dilator set, um, you want to you know, know what your needs are. You know, um, you want to make sure that you're not jumping, you know, if you can't only tolerate a pinky, you don't want to be jumping into this. <laughs> so, um, you know, um, sets that provide that progression are, are very useful. Um, you also um, want to take a look at the material too. Um, 
So um, what we're looking at is the silicone um, um, dilators. They also have hard plastic dilators um, that can be either hollow or they're solid. Um, the benefits of the, the silicone is that they warm up, you know, um, so that they're more um, pleasing, you know, to insertion. Um, they um, can stay slippery for a long period of time. Um, and um, they're a bit pliable, you know, it's not, they're more, more real rather than feeling like you're um, putting something very hard, extremely abnormally hard in the vagina like you can with plastic. Um, the hard plastic can be useful if um, um, you um, um, need that firmness or that, you know, um, you know, hardness to create more of a, um, a stretching type of um, treatment. Um, you know, the silicone dilators might bend and the hard might be a little bit more um, sturdy. Um, so to use them, um, first, give yourself some alone time, you know, um, allow yourself like 30 minutes of um, peace and quiet. Um, get yourself relaxed, you know, what, what helps relax you? Is it take a bath? Does it help to do some meditation? Put on some relaxing music. Um, typically in the office, we go through quite a bit of um, relaxation techniques, uh, which include diaphragmatic breathing, progressive relaxation. Um, you know, you can't expect to be able to um, release if you're tense and and um, you know, drawn in. Um, and then position, you know, um, get yourself in the bed um, where you're propped up so that you can easily reach down there without straining or without contracting your abdominals and get pillows all propped up so your legs can be open but not held open with your muscles because those same muscles that hold your hips in place are part of that pelvic floor. So get lots of pillows and, um, and get yourself in a position where you can reach and be relaxed at the same time. Um, the other thing that's important is that to always, always remember, we're not typically stretching, we're releasing. We're releasing and retraining our nervous system in our brain. Um, stretching, um, is actually a very difficult process. And most of what we do when we do the dilator is actually releasing the muscle and the tissue tension um, so that it's pliable again. Um, and that's very, very important because um, the techniques to release are not, I'm gonna stretch this and I'm just gonna make myself hurt and, you know, and it's gonna get better no matter what. Um, release is where you're, you're taking it into that, that, um, that point where you can allow yourself to let go. And those tissues are allowed to let go. And you're retraining the nervous system and the brain to let go. <laughs> um, so all that I'm talking about, just keep that in mind that it's release, it's not stretching. Um, so the first thing that you do with the dilators is you just use it to explore. 
you just use it to find out what feels good, what feels, you know, uncomfortable, mm -hmm. um, what areas that, oh yeah, this is where the scar is, you know, this is where I really need to focus my attention. Um, up here, this feels good, you know? Oh, I'll, I'll keep that in mind that this up here feels good because when this starts getting to be annoying, I'm gonna go up there. <laughs> Um, and you can utilize those dilators first just for that, just to really explore wh what things you need to work on. Um, and you start out with the outer areas throughout the vestibule, around the opening, um, and then um, take whatever dilator that feels comfortable, like you're not afraid of. And I've had women that start with a Q-tip if necessary. Um, but start with whatever feels non-threatening. So, you know, you may start with the, with the little, um, the pinky size one, mm -hmm. and then, you know, through the opening of the, the vagina, you would just place it there and do your diaphragmatic breathing, feel the tissues relaxing under that pressure. And then you can start to add a little bit of pressure. So I'm just applying some downward pressure like this. And that whole time doing the diaphragmatic breathing, releasing, feeling the tissues relax and not grabbing. And you can do that pressure just throughout that whole opening without actually, you know, fully inserting, just getting that idea of, oh yeah, okay. You know, this, this no problem. I can put all the pressure I want here, but no, this, this is kind of sensitive. So I'm gonna work a little bit more on that. Um, um, progression from that would be to insert and see whether or not um, how it feels for insertion and then removal. Um, you also can do things such as, you know, so, you know, sweeping where you're just sweeping along to get that idea of how it feels for some movement or some rubbing in that area. Um, um, you can position that in place. And then remember, we have pelvic floor muscles that are right there, right at the opening. And pelvic floor muscles and tissue in general, they're fibers that are kind of interlocked. And when they go into spasm or um, loss of flexibility, they do this and then they can't come apart. Well, for flexibility, you need them to be able to do this. <laughs> and so they've been like this, you do your releases that encourage those muscles to let go, that frees that up. And then you can do your pelvic floor exercise that encourages this to happen. And that starts to improve that flexibility in those tissues. Um, the other progression that you can do is obviously moving up along the, the size and the depth of the um, the dilators. In each of the dilators, um, as you can see, they have a progression, not only in the width of it, <laughs> right. but also the length of it. And with intercourse, um, we, we need not only circumferential um, width, but also that length too. Um, so um, as you progress, what I usually recommend women do is that they work on the, the easy first and then the later part of the treatment. Go ahead and see how the next size works for you. Um, and then 
just progress from there. You know, when you know that dilator one is easy, then put it away. You don't need to do it anymore. Keep moving on up. Um, then another important piece is, you know, sex isn't um, just laying still and, you know, letting something happen to you. It, it, it's lots of movement. <laughs> so that's the next step is find the, the dilator that you can insert comfortably and then do some movements, do some pelvic tilts, do some pelvic wiggles, you know, move your legs around, you know, um, learn how to relax during movement um, with um, a dilator inside. And then of course, um, you know, movement, um, not only in different positions, but movement with insertion and removal, just simulating um, vaginal intercourse. <laughs> That's all excellent, excellent information. Um, but here's my question. How do you keep that patient motivated? Um, how is it that you work with her to say, you've got this? Yes, yes. Um, the key, the key, the key, is measurable, um, small goals, achievable goals. Um, and that can be as simple as, you know, um, oh, you know, I actually found areas that were uncomfortable. I basically mapped out my area. You know, that's a big, that's a, a big goal and a big um, achievement is knowing your body. Um, then the dilators are great because they're different sizes. Um, so they have built in measurable goals with that. You're able to go from, um, you know, oh, I, I, I progressed from one to three. Um, when, when you're seeing a pelvic health therapist, those um, goals and achievements are kind of built into the treatment plan because you know we record it and we see what we've done. Well, do that at home too. You know, write down of that very first day. You know, what felt good, what didn't feel good, and what you were able to achieve. Um, and then the next day, same thing. Write down what you're able to achieve. That way, when you go back, you can see how far you've come, um, and that can be so helpful to to motivate you. So your ultimate goal might be pain-free sex, but if you don't knock it down into little ones, that can seem like a forever away. I, I've got this one great question for you. And that is, there's going to be many people listening to this podcast and they're going to be living in maybe very small cities. So how is it, or where is it that people can find out more on how to find a, a physical therapist, a pelvic health physical therapist in their area that they can, um, that they can seek, they can seek out. Yeah. Um, their um, pelvic health physical therapists are not unusual in, in, anymore at this point in time. Um, we have a chapter in the American Physical Therapy Association um, that um, is um, specific to pelvic health. It's called the Pelvic Health Academy of the Physical Therapy Association. And if you seek, um, search that out, American Physical Therapy um, Association and pelvic health, um, 
they actually have a directory um, that you can punch in your zip code and you will find physical therapists that will do that. Um, the Patty Brisbane Foundation uh, website will have that information. So you can go to that website and find you know, the organizations that can direct you to pelvic health physical therapists. Um, but um, you know, we're worldwide um, everywhere. Um, so um, you know, seek it out. If you are in a rural area, um, you know, podcasts like this, um, but also that one of the benefits of unfortunately the pandemic is telehealth. Um, and I have done um, um, this sort of um, pelvic health physical therapy via telehealth very successfully. Um, so um, that is an option. That's awesome because, you know, there's the reason that Pure Romance developed these dilator sets is because, you know, we found that women could not, they couldn't get their insurance companies to pay for these oh. and they were so expensive. And we wanted to make sure that doctors had the ability to send their patients to get the dilator set and not just one for like $300, but get a set for under a hundred. Um, so I know that we never wanted to put you on the spot of saying, how do you, how do you use these? But I really want to thank you so much for talking on the, the subject on, you know what, find the person that can help you through this and uh, find the right doctors to surround you. It, it does take an army, it takes a team and it takes that motivation and somebody there to say, you, you, you've got this. Um, because quality of life is everything. I want to thank my guest, Aaron Harris and Dr. Kathleen Novicki for this amazing discussion. For more information on the Patty Brisbane Foundation for Women's Sexual Health, visit thepattybrisbanefoundation.org. Remember, sex care is self-care and sexual health matters. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you. Thank you.